detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. We're back. What's this? Week three or week four in isolation, Jared? Oh, something like that. I'm losing track, mate. Yes. Well, put it this way: I've, uh, I have, uh, I've become quite bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bored. I'm okay, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just just one day rolling into another. Yeah, they all I've, seem a bit the same. Of, yeah. I have got plenty to keep me busy there, mate. Don't, don't worry oh about yeah, that. don't get me wrong. I, I totally appreciate the fact that we can watch a lot more film, and you know, you spend some time sitting on the couch. But, geez, mate, yeah, there is times where I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I just I would like. I strangely enough, I was pining for work the other day. It's a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you, are you sure you haven't got a case of something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I could have normal, something. Mate. You need to get yourself checked out. Tonight's episode, uh, Jared, you were you were a big uh, supporter of this one. 2010's Machete. Yes, well, I was a big supporter of this one. I am looking forward to discussing this. But before we do that, Jared, just let's do a quick up or down. I put a trailer on our Facebook page the other day. It's for a Chris Hemsworth. Action film made by Netflix, which I think is coming out on the twenty fourth, maybe uh, of, of this month, and it's called Extraction. I believe it's written by the Russo brothers, who wrote the wrote and directed the um, Avengers films, last couple of Avengers films, and it's directed by one of the stunt guys, a guy by the name of Sam Hargrave. He's made some uh, short films, but this is his first big project, I guess. Oh, the trailer looks extremely generic, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's kind of like a semi-up because I'm a, I'm a fan of Hemsworth and I might give it a bit of a go. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll get bored one day. It sounds like you're already there. <laughs> What what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. It started off a little bit generic. As it went on, I thought it started to gather a little bit more steam. I thought the relationship between him and the the kid that he's got to extract looks like it could get some mileage there. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see Hemsworth in just full action action man mode because I think yeah, it didn't it didn't it didn't blow me away the trailer, but. Um, I'll certainly check it out. I'm interested in it. I, and to be honest, I haven't checked out a lot of the Netflix originals lately. I, I haven't found any of them to be all that sort of interesting to, to what I'm actually keen to see. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a sort of a um, on the side. Yeah, I'm, I'm about the same. Yeah, but I mean, he Netflix hasn't done be, Netflix, hasn't done a lot of action uh, films outside of Thor, like yeah. his Avengers stuff and, and then, Thor and all that. Well, that's what I mean. Like the the other action sort of things he's gone for, or that could be classified as action. The Avengers ones, essentially, like there's always been a large element of sort of comedy in there, and he hasn't done a whole lot more in that field other than what was the what was that remake, um, Red Dawn or whatever it was? <laughs> Did he show up in that one? Yeah, and that was actually all right, if I remember yeah, correctly. I seen it. You haven't seen it? No. But I think, um, I mean, Netflix would be loving it because they're going to have a bloody captive audience here. <laughs> Everyone will just be sitting on Netflix waiting for something new to come out. Exactly. And let's be honest here, um, they could drop just shit, like just shit, and the, it'll get it'll get views because essentially – People, millions and millions of people are just sitting around looking for something to watch. So, well, I mean, they can drop a sandwich. Six Underground got um, Six Underground got plenty of views when we had the option to fucking leave the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched that and I should have left the house instead. But, well, they could drop it. This now, would be the perfect time for them to drop a Sandler film. <laughs> absolutely, well, but true. yeah, that 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 whole situation with this. But also being sort of you know having Hemsworth in it, um, having the pedigree of the you know the Russo brothers, it's it's looking pretty good for them. I would think on on releasing this one. Yeah, 
Yeah, look, it's a good idea. Just a quick thing, um, non-horror or movie-related. Obviously, I'm very excited about the uh, Last Dance documentary that's dropping on the 20th. Yeah. I believe you'll be all over that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a documentary about the Chicago Bulls' last championship season. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Because absolutely. there's no... I can't wait. Because there's no sport, I've been watching all those... Uh, basketball DVDs you gave me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 kind of in the mood for this. Well, it could be uh, you know it could be sort of horror related to some of Jordan's teammates having to relive kind of <laughs> yeah. some of the treatment that they would have copped. Just you know, <laughs> knowing what we know about him and hearing a, a little bit about what's what's to come. Uh, you know, they described one person described him as homicidally competitive or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, I heard that. Look. You know what? Watching those games again and seeing him in action, I mean, look, you can see why the guy's the greatest basketballer in history. But I think you don't. I don't think you get to there unless you're a bit of an asshole. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm an yeah, asshole. And I've got nothing to, to be impressed ways about. To go about it. You got to. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're, we're <laughs> underachieving assholes, so it's not. They're, they're not tied together. But <laughs> yeah, it's not a given. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a given that you're a great sportsman because you're an absolute asshole. <laughs> but no, it nothing's promised in that department. Yeah. Look, I think all of those top level athletes have to have some level of kind of. Ego and kind of um, an edge to you know. There's good teammates still. There's great athletes who have been good teammates, but yeah, there's there's plenty that have basically just you know, if someone if someone can't produce, they're not fucking not keen to see them hang around, and they're not 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 shy about telling them about it. And I think Jordan was possibly an all timer in that department. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um. And yeah, you know, not to sorry to you know just sort of deviate off the subject a little bit, but also did you see the uh, the details about the Tiger King episode that's coming next, possibly this Sunday. Yeah, I saw there's another John McHale's hosting. Way. Really? Yeah. Right, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Which that's, could that's, be um, amusing. I mean, shit, you take a show like that and you add Joel McHale, it's can't miss, surely. <laughs> Because I thought it was going to be like another full episode of the documentary, but it seems like it's more of a catch-up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2010's Machete. On September 3rd, one man will fight for those who can't fight for themselves. Machete. You want me to help you kill all these men? Yes, Padre. I'll see what I can do. Machete from 2010, directed by Robert Rodriguez, who directed Sin City, Spy Kids, and there's also a second director, a guy by the name of Ethan Maniquis. I didn't actually know there was a second director involved. He doesn't seem to have done anything else. This is all from Internet and the Movie Database, so... (laughs) It was produced by Robert Rodriguez, Elizabeth Avellian, and Rick Swartz, who produced the he produced the others. Written by Robert Rodriguez and Elvaro Rodriguez, who wrote From Dust Till Dawn Three, The Hangman's Daughter. Have you seen that? I have. <laughs> well, I don't know why I'd ask. <laughs> I saw the sequels. Yes, I did. And were they any good? Again, off topic. Oh, look, I can I can barely remember them to be honest, but I don't recall them being. Overly good. That's a no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, stars, correct. That's a no. It stars Daddy Trejo as Machete, Robert De Niro as Senator McLaughlin, Jessica Alba as Sartana, Steven Seagal as Torres, and Michelle Rodriguez as Lutz. The budget was $10.5 million, and the box office was 45 worldwide. And this is the first theatrical-released Seagal film since Half Past Dead in 2002. <laughs> Shit, the guy went bloody radio solid for eight years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, well, he cranked out past 50 probably, other films in Russia or something. Yeah, Half Past Dead probably shouldn't have made it either. Well, they were basking in the glory of exit wounds. I shouldn't say glory, but, yeah, the financial. <laughs> it made some money, exit wounds, and so suddenly Half Past Dead. Let's get that to the cinemas too. Yeah. Did that have um, a wrapper in it? 
Yeah, I'm almost positive it did. <laughs> What's some DMX? I think it might have been Ja Rule. Yeah, quite possible. All right. What are your thoughts, mate, on Machete? I was always a big fan of this one because I was interested in this this sort of thing. From from the minute you saw the trailer in, in Grindhouse and you were just, you know, thinking, oh, geez, it would be awesome if that was real, and then they go and extend the joke to a whole movie, I was all in. I was, especially after Grindhouse and seeing Planet Terror, I was all in on this one. It didn't hold up as well as as Planet Terror. Personally, I think Planet Terror nails that kind of exploitation vibe and it's just awesome. But this one kind of dips in and out of it. Um, But when it's in, when it's in that little pocket, it's really like it's a fucking hell of a good time. Yeah. Um, when it when it sort of drops out of it a little bit, it, it's it's a tad boring in in a couple of touches, especially considering you expect it to be bloody you know flat knackers the whole way through, <laughs> and it's it's not it's not quite. But yeah, the 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 angles that they take to get a few laughs generally work pretty well for me. So I'll I'll be a little bit generous and go three and a half. I think three and a half. Shit, if you're being generous, I'm I'm right there. Yeah, look, the knackers aren't flat, but she's pretty <laughs> she's pretty balls to the wall the whole way. Um yeah. it's just over the top, tongue in cheek, violent silliness that works. And it and it I think it, it does kind of nail a fair bit of that vibe of like seventies exploitation revenge flick type of thing. Uh, and it's yeah, directed definitely. that way by Rodriguez. Yep. Agreed it doesn't quite hang the whole, like, it kind of drops out of that actually when he gets, you know, about about half an hour in, it kind of does drop out of that a little bit. And it kind of comes yeah. back to it again in the finale somewhat. Yeah, it does, definitely. It sort of, it's, it, it comes back towards the end and, yeah, that's where it's, it's there's a stretch of about half an hour where it's just, you know, it is, the knackers are flat. They're definitely <laughs> oh. flat. <laughs> They are just squeezed dry in that last <laughs> yeah. half hour. Bloody hell. Look, the plot is is generic as it comes um, in a sense of, you know, you've got half a dozen skeezy villains and, you know, they've, they've, you know they, they, they incorporate the whole um, the idea of, you know, illegal immigrants and all that sort of stuff, but it's, it's fairly generic across the board. But... It's just balls to the wall so much that uh, it kind of makes up for that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't absolutely. really matter. And that's, well, the plot's that's, kind know, of that's irrelevant. It is. That's what you're there for. You're there for exactly as those parts where you're saying. You know, they give you that generic setup, but they set up a couple of those villains, and you're just like, "Yep, that's exactly what I expected. That's yeah. what I'm here for." So let's do it. You know, exactly. Yeah. So for me, I hadn't actually seen this previously, but so this is a first time watch for me. Right. I gave it four out of five. Oh, there you go. It. Yeah, I really loved it. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. it, was, it was really, really good fun. Uh, and oh, look, Danny Trejo, really mate, was... I've loved the bloke forever. And his oh. deadpan delivery and his tough guy swagger and his weathered face is just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll get to his face in detail. <laughs> Well, as uh, I read one review that said that described <laughs> described his face as four miles of torn up road, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty much it." But yeah, I mean, that's that's another part of the. It's got that underdog quality because you know Danny Trejo is kind of a this this loved sort of performer, but he's always been in these little roles, and for someone mm. to take him at like sixty six years old or sixty five or whatever he was when, when we were making this, for someone to take him and say no no you're you're the star of this one, and it, it just it's awesome like yeah it's so it's so funny and it, it it gets a bit of mileage out of that stuff like but yeah look I was I was. Uh, I was almost at a four. I just I, I did, there was a couple of things that I was just sort of thinking about in the middle there that yeah. dropped it off a little bit. But yeah, I mean, shit, I could go back and watch it tomorrow and give it four and a half. So who knows? Yeah, Danny Trejo was my first lie. I mean, the guy. Yeah, just, yeah, he's awesome. He just nails it, and you're right. It's kind of like he has no business being the <laughs> being the action hero. No, but no. it works, and you know, knowing his story. I believe there's actually a really good documentary about it, about his time in prison and all that sort of stuff. 
and knowing what mm. he's come through and the things he's done and, and he's given back and he's become an actor of some note playing yeah. what most people would consider small character parts, he's become very well known. And um I think he just he just nails it. This is this is this is him at his most <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone's allowed to have have a have a fucking ball with this material. Like as you said, knowing kind of his backstory, it actually lends it a little bit of cred. And he looks yeah. like a man who would be of the reputation that he has in the film. Yes. You know? He looks like he's seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, it does. His personal journey kind of fills out the character somewhat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean look, as I said, I'm gonna get to his face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is well worn, it but is. it kind of works here. He's yeah, not moving sprightly. I, let's I, let me just say he's he, he's moving Dolph Lundgren style. <laughs> he is, but, but they don't require matter, him to mate. do a hell of a lot of you know they, a lot of the shot the setups of the shots and things. And this all plays into into the the exploitation vibe of it. They set up all these shots where you know. We'll be out in this open space, but then all of a sudden we get another shot and Machete just kind of pops out from behind a wall or something. It was yeah. somewhere he couldn't have possibly really gotten to. <laughs> and and it also plays in, you know, when you go back to some of those exploitation flicks, they weren't always with, you know, big-name actors. They had to had to make do with either, you know, if you were looking for a, a good-looking chap to fill the role, then you <laughs> might have had that. Or you had a hard-ass that was kind of, you know, you could buy as this kind of role. Yeah. And, and as we said, having Treo there kind of lends that lends it that credibility in that in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. so. Very much so. Um he definitely I think the fall film under would be hired for looks uh, no. category. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think amongst Danny's um years and body of work is male model. <laughs> no. Ever. No. So no. you know, look, yeah, he's but he's got you know what? He's got a distinctive face too. Like everybody knows yeah, what Danny Trejo looks like. Yep. And it works here. He, he just he plays it. He plays it well. And look, it's not an acting performance of great nuance. Like you don't have, you didn't have to, but he does exactly what you need. Mm. And even there's a couple of little moments where he has to get out of the tough guy routine and, and show a bit of emotion, very briefly. And yeah, you know, the guy's capable. So yeah. everything works in that that sense. He's also surrounded by a very good cast for a movie of this ilk, I guess. Oh, um, it's rock solid. I mean, you got De Niro. I mean, I'm assuming he was available for a couple of days. <laughs> I don't think he was there for a while. <laughs> no, but look, if you are De Niro and, and you're sometimes required to do some heavy roles that might take an emotional toll and then yeah. you get this script come across your desk, you might look at it and just go, yeah, fuck it, that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, that. I think that's the case here. You know, Either that or like they him. did have a touch. As you said, occasionally sort of reference that they might have had some sort of incriminating photos of De Niro to get him to stoop to this sort of level. <laughs> What's that? You're not going to sign up? Well, <laughs> well, let's. We'll, I'll, I'll, I've got to go and do some research, and I'll come back to you. But yeah. the thing about having but De Niro Don Johnson, there, Don Johnson again, Don Johnson, short little a, spurts where those guys are in it. I feel like these guys, like Rodriguez and 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 Tarantino together, because Rodriguez put him in the Dust Till Dawn series TV as well, show. the TV series. I feel like um, these guys kind of have played a bit of a role in him getting back to that. You know, uh, this this sort of Don Johnson is what you see in Knives Out. Yeah, just a little less of the. You know, it, it's not laid on as as kind of. You know, here it's a one-note character, and he's got a couple of those cheesy lines and that. Knives out's a little more, a little more sort of fleshed out, but it's the same sort of thing. It's a bit, of, a bit of comedy, and so I feel like these guys actually played a role in him kind of getting back to that. that well, sort it's of funny status too because I also think that these guys, like, there's a handful of really seasoned actors here, and I'm talking about Don Johnson, talking about Cheech Marin. You know, I've actually, I had a big, I had a lot of time for Jeff Faye. I thought he was really good. And I think what what guys like Rodriguez and Tarantino do is they they bring them back in because they know they're good actors. 
Yeah, it just and guys Jeff who Faye is Jeff Faye's great in Planet Terror as well. Like, yeah, but they're guys who f- who who fell out of being leading men. Yeah, but they're ca- they're so capable and such such good actors that you find parts for them. And Don Johnson, I mean, he's been cranking out work for ten years. You know, he's back. He's back to being very much in demand. Um, yeah, when he probably had a bit of a, a, a rough period there after sort of Miami Vice or Nash Bridges or whatever was over, you know. So hmm. I, f- I feel that these guys kind of bring back the same people because they're good to work with too. And I think yeah, Rodriguez exactly. is the sort of guy that you want to work with. He does a bit of everything. Yeah, well, I think the people that they get into these movies, I think it's a testament to them. Like, obviously, we don't know the ins and the outs, but it's got to, it's got to suggest that these guys are good to work with. Yeah. I mean, Don Johnson doesn't keep coming back if you're if you're a, a you know, Bruce Willis isn't turning up to Kevin Smith movies anymore, so yeah. you know, it's, That's right. it's not a situation like that. They obviously have to have to share some sort of creative kind of similarities or they they get on personality-wise. So I yeah. think that's yeah. And, and it's not just one guy, it's a number of people that just continue to come back to work for these guys. So I think that's that suggests that they're probably they make it a good time. Yeah, I think that everybody's pretty good here, barring yeah, for the one most part. Ex- they've got one exception. I'll talk about yeah. it later. But I'm yep. going to throw. I'm coming right out here. Surprisingly, Seagal is quite good. This works yeah. for Seagal. I would agree. That sort of tough guy. Mum, like sort of, you know, low talking kind of menace shtick that he's been doing his whole career. It actually works here, and as a villain, there's actually a moment where he actually comes across quite intimidating when he says, when he realises that it's Machete who's who's who was thereafter, and he says, yeah. is he where is he? Oh, he and Jeff Faye says, oh, he's soon to be dead, dead or, or dead. dying or something. Yeah, dead yeah. or dying. And Seagal just kind of looks at the camera and goes. So what is he, fucking dead or dying? You know, like mm. as if to sort of say you don't know, you know, tell me that he's dead. And it, yeah. you know, it had a little bit of menace to it. And ultimately the guy actually gets a giggle at the end too. <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> I got a is, good I mean, laugh out of that. It's also the perfect later cigar role because he's on screen for, what, 15 20, minutes? 20 if minutes, that, maybe, and he's, yeah. 20 minutes and he's sitting down for, for 80% of it. So he yeah. would have fucking loved it doing this one. Yeah. But yeah, this is where you see this. We, as we said, there was a little bit of it in Exit Wounds, but you see this and you just wish that the guy had a fucking shrek of self awareness because yeah. he would, a shred of self awareness because he would, he would be perfect in these, these kind of things. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, what? he fits the bill here perfectly. Why not? Look for villain roles in in better films. Well, fuck, um, it's good enough for Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's right. Van Damme took the same approach. He approaches his, I think Van Damme approaches his career a little bit differently now, knowing mm. that, you know, look, I'm not a box office drawer. I'm not the main star. I'm not always the hero. And it seems yeah. to have worked okay for Van Damme. So it was a little bit it of comedy has, uh, for Jean-Claude. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, he did he did the villain role. He did the villain role in The Expendables. He did JCVD, which was kind of this whole movie breaking down where he, the stage of his career where he was at. Uh, as you mentioned, he did the Amazon one that was comedy. Yeah. Even something like what was that one I watched just recently? The bounce, not the bouncer. Is it? Uh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. It was something like the bouncer. And he he's taken a different approach to it. He's kind of a he's kind of a. It's still got some elements of classic Van Damme. But he's kind of a broken down sort of down on his luck sort of bloke rather than king shit of everything. Like I think Van Damme's embraced the fact the age side of things. And yeah. Seagal is still kind of churning out these heroic films where he's he's the man and in, in his late sixties. Yeah. And that doesn't work, but he is he's quite good here. Like, I was actually reasonably impressed because initially I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Seagal. But it all fits. Like, it all fits. The role that he plays even kind of allows for his, shall we say, sloppy physique. Yeah. 
the, the time. Like, he's the head of the bloody cartel, whatever it is. He's sitting up there getting served his meals, just, you know, as they show him in that scene around the pool, just drinks, food, whatever. Yeah. So you can kind of take that, all right, he's a bit older, he's not He's not on the front line. So yeah. even that fits. Yeah, exactly. And and so I give a, a bit of um, a bit of credit to Seagal here because I think he kind of embraces this role a little bit more. Uh, and, again, maybe that's a testament to someone like Rodriguez who, who sort of says, look, you know, I'm going to give you a role this is what we want from you, and maybe Seagal sort of got on board with it. So I, I appreciated his work. I thought it was good, and he doesn't outstay his welcome, as you said. He's there for 20 minutes maybe maximum, and we do get to see a yeah. little bit of his fighting skills, which is great. You know, like yeah. they still managed to squeeze in something that we know him know him for. So yeah. I kind of was pretty happy with the way he was handled. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the opening scene where he busts into Torres's. Shaq? Jesus mm. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Heads are getting yeah. cut off. It's left and right. <laughs> I love the bit where he cuts the, you see one hand hit the deck and then he, he, he grabs the gun that's still got the hand attached. Yeah. And he uses it for a couple of shots and then he looks at it, looks at the hand and then kind of just drops it and keeps going with the machete. And I believe that's where he walks into that room of three blokes and yeah, then just proceeds <laughs> to fucking take all three heads off in one go. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It's I was just like, what great. is this? It was just like <laughs> that whole thing just kind of sets a tone. Like you knew immediately <laughs> this is not to be taken seriously in any way. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. It just it it ramps that up for the rest of the film. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of outdoes everything over and over. Like in fact, at the end of the day, the opening scene is kind of like tame by <laughs> By the final, once the finale hits, and yeah, you know, yeah. everything is just going off left and right. <laughs> um, I think you know the funny thing too is I watched this. Obviously, we'd watched Last Action Hero not too long beforehand, and I felt like I watched that opening scene, and I was kind of like, I wish that's what some of the violence in Last Action Hero was like. Yeah, because it would have been like when you're in Jack Slater's world. You're behind the curtain a little bit, so you're seeing the full effects of everything that was going on. Yeah. When we watched this, it was just like, yeah, I was immediately, I was the same as you. Like, it's so over the top, but none of it is kind of impactful violence. You're sitting there fucking laughing because yeah. it's just so ridiculous. And they kind of embraced that, whereas something like yeah. Last Action Hero didn't quite know where, and I think we, we were pretty scathing in this fact when we, we, we did the episode on it, is they didn't know what tone they were going for. They, they didn't yeah, really know what see, they wanted. Like, you look at it and you think it, where Arnie was at at the time, he was never gonna, it was never going to be that level. And it was yeah. always going to get, you know, they were always going to get someone who was a big name and then the violence was never going to go to a, to a sort of large extent. But, yeah, you, you watch this and you just think, man, you incorporate a little bit of that into Last Action Hero and that movie is fucking ten times better. Yeah. I could not stop laughing at um, De Niro's Senator character's advertisement. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of had a, a low Trump vibe. Is that- <laughs> I, you know what? I watched it and I was like, I'm sitting there going, holy shit, this was, this was near ten years ago. What? It's, it's, yeah, it is ten years ago this year. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, this is fucking Trump. I mean, he even wants a fucking wall between him <laughs> and Mexico. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, it was like prophetic. Like it was like yeah. prophesizing in advance. Jeff Fay, at one point Jeff Fay says, oh, yeah, he wants, um, you know, the Mexicans are going to build it and then he's going to send them all back home. And I'm sitting there going, fucking hell. They, like, I don't think people have kind of picked up on how. <laughs> yeah, how, how close so spot on and how close this is. <laughs> And it just, and I it just love so the way it starts with parasites are invading our country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched it and I'm like, this is basically, this is Donald Trump's platform, everything about it except the gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all that's missing. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it was, kind of uh, um, ahead of itself somewhat. Yeah. And De Niro, as you said, he was he's hilarious. He keeps, yeah. um, as you said, the, the whole parasite stuff. And I can, I think... There was a couple of times they used that classic trailer voice 
Yeah. And I think that was one of them, which gave it an even more kind of, you know, comedic tone. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing, but then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> they're, they're, as you said, prophetic. They've, they've actually nailed it here 10 years, yeah, 10 years it's out. Yeah, kind of like um, it, it's, it's, it's almost like creepy how close to what Trump has been touting. Yeah, yep. this is which is you know very much um, very strange considering it was well before he he got involved in politics. Mm. I like the fight in the alley where Machete earns five hundred <laughs> bucks by just avoiding punches, eating a taco, and the bloke breaks his yeah. arm on a <laughs> 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 Yeah, he never dropped the taco. That's all right. He's just kind of standing there holding the taco and just dodging left and right. <laughs> Yeah, that was good, actually. It was a good, good way to introduce it. Yeah. I always thought, it like, when he gets in there, you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is classic action stuff. I'd actually kind of forgotten what eventuated. I thought but he was yeah, going like, to oh, his ass, is, you know. Yeah, I thought it was going to get they – were, they were going to get into the fight and it was going to be over the top, but then I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't think they could have done it any better, like, to, to prove his kind of toughness than just stand there, you know, stone-faced with – Taco in hand and just dodge, <laughs> just dodge it until the bloke destroys his arm. <laughs> I'll tell you what had me absolutely just loving it was when he gets taken to the hospital and the doctor's there going, he he survived a bullet in the head because he's currently got a bullet lodged in his head. Yeah. <laughs> ricocheted off it. Oh, yeah, oh. I was I was the same. He says it doesn't he says something like but he's very lucky that he got shot beforehand or something like that. <laughs> That's exactly, you know, that was where the tone was just bang on. Like it yeah. was spot on exactly what we were after. Yeah, and um, I, like breaking up that that over-the-top violence, which is extremely sort of nasty, but then having these comedic elements just, as you say, you, you can't take any of it seriously, so you kind of do laugh at yeah. it. I also yeah, had exactly. to laugh at the doctor's comment about, He's looking at the nurse's backside and she goes, I can feel your your eyes on my uterus. And he goes, ah, you're lucky it wasn't the colon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good, actually. He was only in it very briefly. Shows up at the end again, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. But, yeah, that, I mean, that sequence followed up by more over the top where he's taken the bloody scalpels and fucking put them on the, that belt. Yeah. And within, you know, a couple of minutes, he's hanging out the window by someone's fucking intestine. What a sequence. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I just love the fact that you see him put his hands in the guy's guts and then you just see 65-year-old Danny Trejo sort of hobbling down the hallway. <laughs> But I think they also they they take the time to uh, they take the time to go full kind of exploitation mode and just get that quick shot of the guy's face where he breaks into it and starts screaming as Treo's fucking unfurling his his innards. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Absolute magic. Yeah. Um, there was another sequence that I'll I'll get to in a second, but. Just, just quickly, I, I, I do. I had to laugh every single time that Machete came in contact with a woman. <laughs> he basically <laughs> went into pornographic film music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just kind of disappears out of shot, and the whole idea is, yeah, Machete, Machete was involved. But yeah, that this whole, is where his the, face the comes into the... play, Jared. I mean, he's he looks like he's been dragged. <laughs> Dragged face down along a bitumen road for about two hundred kilometres. At eighty k's an hour plus, and I can guarantee you he is not getting laid. Yeah, he's he's absolutely like his face is like the definition of bloody. When someone says he's got a head like a half chewed minty, that's what they're talking about. Like. He's yeah, but that I mean that giving him that kind of James Bond sort of allure yeah. to the ladies is just so funny because he's at the time he's like sixty odd, he's weathered as he's got, he's he's just yeah, he's just not that guy. Weathered is actually being nice. Yeah, 
He's he's not that guy, but we're just going to say, yes, he is. And it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I did love that. Um, I mean, there's a sequence where Jessica Alba wakes up next to him on her bed. And quite frankly, I thought she was going to start screaming. (laughs) (laughs) He he did, in that uh, sequence where he's laying very still, he did resemble a corpse. I tell you what, mate. This is where this is a bit the biggest laugh for me, and it was so so innocuous that I was I don't know why I was laughing so hard. But when they blow up Michelle Rodriguez's place, some dude just comes kind of holding out of the explosion. Yes. Yeah, that. The, the, oh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. He just kind of flies straight out the roof, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, I was just yeah. absolutely in stitches because I was like, oh my God, where's that come from? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's when that sort of stuff's happening that you're just like, yeah, this is exactly what I'm here for. I'm getting it in massive doses and just kind of loving every minute of it. And this is the, that that's where it folds back on the whole exploitation film. You know, this is the kind of thing you got, you know, in those films. Yep. Super outrageous, anything goes, and, and really anything does go here. Like, you know, it was just everything goes. Yep. So I just couldn't stop laughing at that. And I think that's how you've got to approach it. Well, absolutely. I mean, there was another one of those from for mine was um, <laughs> Tom Savini's kind of sizzle reel. When he's yeah advertising one eight hundred hitman, and you see him kind of on his standing on his motorbike with a bow and arrow <laughs> firing bows and arrows. The bit that made me laugh, like you get a little bit of him pumping weights. But then you get a shot of him breaking out into those kind of finger push-ups. Yeah, and they, take, they take the front-on shot of Tom Savini and he is selling it like an absolute champion. And then they <laughs> cut to the side and it's obviously someone else cranking out the finger push-ups. Like, I just absolutely loved it. And as you said, it was just kind of – it wasn't sort of front and centre. It was on the screen, but someone was talking over it. Yeah. Well, um, they were going, oh, the best thing in just... Texas. And what does it say on the screen? Like what you see? Then hire me. <laughs> yeah, something stupid like that. Oh, that man. was that was great. Amusing. I also loved his his form when he says after he's tried to kill Machete at one point, I think, and then he Jeff Fade turns around and he goes, He's coming for us. <laughs> Savini goes, He's coming for you. <laughs> <It's coming> for <laughs> yeah, <me>. Yes. <laughs> I believe um I can't remember, but I think Savini's in the sequel. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he comes back. Um, I can't remember. I think he might actually. I think they might actually team up. Don't quote me on that because I haven't seen it in a while. But if I recall correctly, I think Machete might actually enlist <laughs> him this time around. Right. Um, I I got a good laugh out of the uh, when they go. He goes to see Cheech Marin, and he's like Cuban, and he's like Mexican. And he opens a box of Mexican cigars. It's a massive, massively yes. rolled joints. Yeah, awesome. That was Sheets was very good, actually. Yes, That's I feel so- like his part came after a bit of a lull, and then once they got into the church, that was when the vibe just kind of went straight back to exactly what we we're expecting, and sort of just really nailed it. Yeah, and the church sequence was cool, like him using the shotguns and. Blow yeah. heads clean off and, and, yeah, the whole one where he comes around the pillar, like he puts them both over his shoulders and, and the pillar's sort of protecting him and he just goes, and, you know, both yeah. heads get blown off at the same time and all that stuff, you know. And was, he gives was, it the, uh, remember he gives it the uh, God forgives, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and just blows the guy's head off. Um, but it also ends with um, them crucifying him, <laughs> which I thought was quite yeah. nasty. Yeah, it was very nasty, but that's, as I was saying, like that's exactly what those exploitation films kind of played on. They were always looking for an angle that would cause a bit of controversy and get them noticed. Or, yeah. Um, so that sort of fit beautifully. And Cheech was fantastic. Like his his acting performance was, he was yeah. getting a few laughs. And then when and again, on the it was cross, only brief, but it was, yep. it was a nice, you know, 10 minutes. Hmm. 
Uh, and him and him and Faye going back and forth like Cheech is over the top, kind of you know screaming, getting his arms nailed there. And Faye, as you mentioned, Faye is just he's he's at peak form down the I, stretch there. I love that bit where he start, he's drinking the wine and he's like, the blood of Christ tastes like Merlot to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, he, was, he was so good. I wasn't. I was actually kind of surprised with Michelle Rodriguez getting shot. Um, mm. I didn't expect that. But then I also couldn't stop laughing at Don Johnson's henchman who continues to vomit every time someone gets killed in front of him. Yeah. And it's, at that point he says something like, oh, you got to work on this or something like that. Or yeah. you, you really got you really to work on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. For some reason it just, kept, again, just got me chuckling. My final like is... The last half hour, the finale, it's just, just craziness. <laughs> there is just gunfire left and right. There are heads getting removed. There's people being chopped up and stuff's exploding. We even get a bloke crushed by one of those hydraulic <laughs> vehicles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The car falls on him. That's fucking good. Uh, I couldn't, I must admit, I could not stop thinking about Leslie Nielsen as from wrongfully accused as Machete's and his crew are driving towards the the compound and their vehicles are going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Yeah, Leslie. They even throw they even throw the Nero into the mix, dressed up as like a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That was good. I love how he sort of he jumps sides and he's yeah. like you know they give him the clothes and he's like you gonna take out those good old, uh, good old boys out there or something like that there yeah that's no, I'm, I'm with you that. and kind of jumps in that that with them and uh, yeah that's when they I, I even like the little Lindsay Lohan bit where she comes in fucking dressed up in a nun's outfit yeah. and, um, um, oh, sorry um, my my other final my actual final like is Seagal's death. Like, he gives mm. that monologue about, uh, look, this is nothing. I could kick you, I could kill you right now, but this this is nothing. Then he goes, but I know that you'll be waiting in hell for me. <laughs> so he just yeah. decides to kill himself and he takes, like, 30 seconds. He's yanking the yeah. machete left and right to try <laughs> I'm just like again. That's where you just look at it and think, "What could have been for yeah, later, like later career Seagal?" He kind of nails the silliness of it, and even yeah. to the point that he's playing kind of straight. Like it's I don't just, know why. Just, I, I don't know whether it's. Uh, I don't know whether it's because he just didn't. I mean, he's he's noted for not really having a sense of humor, so I don't know whether he just didn't get the laughs mm. of it. And played it straight, and that's why it worked. But no, I feel but it like kind of it if felt it once like, he did. It actually felt like to me that he he understood the, the that because Treo plays it straight. You know, yeah. like he plays it deadpan, yeah. he plays it straight. But everyone, I think everyone in the cast, and that includes Seagal, understands that there's kind of a wink and a nod to the audience about how silly this stuff is, and so he kind yeah. of delivers that death. In the right manner, you know, he's kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying yeah, to sort yeah. of he's yanking it around and everything, and so he's playing up to it. And so it's probably the first time where I felt you, you understand the joke, you're in on it, yeah, and you I deliver a right. performance that's decent. I tend to agree with you on that. I, I just wish he had he would had done it more. I yeah. think that ship has well and truly sailed now. Yeah, it's long and gone. probably sank on the ocean somewhere. But no, I think it sailed, <laughs> landed in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently negotiating five hundred picture deal. Bloody hell! I've, I wish I could see one. Yeah. Have you got any others? Any other life? Yeah, I got a couple. Like um, the idea of the network. Yeah. I think that was a, a kind of a funny little way to go by Robert Rodriguez because he's, you know, he's um, created that McLaughlin character and then the network is kind of, it's kind of a play on what people that are, you know, against the immigration and what are, are worried about. <laughs> like, yeah. He's kind of playing like, you know, playing with the idea that, yeah, we're all connected and I'll ring, you know, I'll ring my phone and fucking every other Mexican in the country will get the message. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know, this idea that that's that's how it's all that's how it all works. I thought it was funny to play with that as as the uh, as one of the central kind of ideas. Also, a couple of Jeff Fay lines that had me laughing quite heavily. Yeah, one of them was a, a cheap <laughs> a cheap gag, but the part where he's sitting there eating breakfast with his family, yeah. and he's blowing up about, you know, if we if we leave the borders open, this is what the country will become. And then he looks at his wife and hands it hands the plate and goes, Give me another taco. <laughs> 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 And then uh, the other one where he's after he's just hired machete and he goes, ah, yeah, this could shoot the pecker off a mosquito at a thousand yards and leave the balls unruffled. (laughs) 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 I thought, yeah, I've heard that line, you know, I've heard lines like that a bunch of times, but not the, the, you know, the kicker with leaving the balls unruffled. I thought, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that, That was pretty much... That was There's a couple of really me. good lines there in amongst it that's not the, – the, the film's not super awesome dialogue-wise, but there are a number of no. good lines. Even De Niro has a couple of really good ones later on. Well, funny ones, yeah. you know, where he's talking about Michelle, how Machete is after him and all this sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you get the classic, you know, you get the Machete don't text, which I believe was a uh, – I think Robert Rodriguez said that was something Danny Trejo actually said to him. He yeah. said, I'll text you or something, and Trejo said, I don't text. So he put that in the movie. But the funny thing was... Then also led to another classic fucking laugh when he goes, Machete improvises, and then you see him with the phone, and he's fucking just bashing it with his finger, and then <laughs> yeah, you know, it kind was. of leaves it. Then the next thing is Jeff Faye going, oh, I've got a text from Machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't say, I'll kill you, you motherfucker, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he says, oh, you, you fucked with the wrong Mexican or whatever, and that's where, I think that's where um, Tom Savini says he's coming. But after you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a number of reasonably funny lines in there, so it kind of works out nicely, um, peppered throughout, and everyone gets yep. a bit of a, a bit of a go here and there. Yeah, definitely. All right, the dislikes are pretty thin for me. I haven't got a lot of dislikes. No, uh, on the heaps. on the acting front, <laughs> poor old Lizzie Lohan is. Yeah, she's she's fallen a long way. She actually yeah. seems a little out of place. Maybe it's because of yeah. the acting. I don't know. It was definitely, it was definitely like a stunt casting. Yeah, and sort of playing on her reputation at the time, I guess. Yeah, but she does. She's not very convincing. Admittedly, she's only in it for what a handful of minutes, maybe five minutes total. Yeah. So yeah, yeah look, she's it's not really a part, so to speak. You probably mm-hmm. could have done without her. But um, yeah, possibly. Probably, uh, like it, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge. It wasn't a huge part of the film. I don't think it would have made too much difference if you didn't have that there. Yeah, there are a number of flat spots, and I think you pointed it out in between kind of carnage and over the top sort of action. There are moments where it's sort of like they're trying to develop character, and I mean, just a lot of Jessica Alba's stuff's kind of boring. Yeah, um, and I've never, it, I've never thought Jessica Alba is one that should be carrying a lot of acting weight in a movie. No. I don't think she's, ba- that, I don't think she's that bad in this, but, yeah, she's – as yeah, I agree. When There's parts where it's kind of centred around her that it sort of falls off a little bit. I think it's because that stuff is just inherently boring. It's kind of like the – it's all the sort of, like, set up. Some of the parts with her was where it would drop – the exploitation film vibe. Yeah. It just seemed to be like whenever we went back to her character, that's where it fell out of that tone. Mm. And when the tone was right there in that in that vibe of the exploitation films, it, it, it was it was just gold. Yeah. But it felt like, yeah, the parts where you were where you were going towards her was where you were taking us away from scenes like in the hospital, for example, where <laughs> yeah. everything was everything was clicking, you know? Yeah, and I don't I don't know, maybe that I mean, look, the difficulty with making a machete film is you had to flesh it out. You had to give it something. Yeah. Because you couldn't just have yeah, exactly. Danny Trejo walking around cutting a swath. It wouldn't have lasted more than an hour. So No, you had to come you had to you had to put a thin sort of story together, which they did. And I thought the the bones of the story were fine. That's exactly what we were expecting. And I liked a couple of the little twists and turns that we sort of saw coming and yeah. I thought that was all that was all okay. 
the sword fight between Seagal and Machete is kind of underwhelming a little bit for me. Yeah. It's kind of because everything that came before was just so up there to end on a sword fight that didn't really sort of take my breath away, so to speak. Mm. Um, I mean, I could have seen something like the bloody Monty Python skit where the guy keeps getting his fucking arms and his legs cut off. And yeah, <laughs> I was to fight. exactly the same thing. And I'm yeah. thinking that speech that Seagal gives and the way that he dies, doing that but with one arm that's fucking not there and fucking spurting blood while he's yeah. talking about it. <laughs> that would be funny. I just felt it was a little bit underwhelming. It wasn't particularly long or sort of intricate fight, and I guess you're talking about two guys who are in their 60s. Um, yeah. You know, so they were trying to sort of keep it keep it simple, which I appreciate, but it just didn't quite satisfy me, put it that mm. way. Yeah. What else? Have you got anything else in your canon? Yeah, only a couple. It sort of goes along with the tone thing that we were talking about. I feel like I don't know whether setting it in the modern day was the right call. Like with the sort of political stuff, you probably could have still run with that if you had to set the movie without in a period where you didn't have the mobile phones and things like that, which is what the trailer sort of looked like. Like in the 80s? Um, Yeah, yeah. I felt like... There's parts of it where I was just sort of wishing, you know, maybe you should have committed fully to the exploitation stuff, including the time period. I mean, there's there's nothing that takes you out of the movie like Jessica Alba playing fucking a Wii game at one point. Yeah. What it looks like. That, that sort of stuff is where it sort of drops out a little bit. And the use of the computers to talk back and forth with Seagal. Yeah. It's sort of... It's, there's there's part of me that wishes that it had have had a little bit of that James Bond vibe where it's just like a TV sitting on his desk. Yeah. And he just turns the TV on and then, you know, Seagal's on the, you know, talking to him through that. Like Bond used to be where you've got that kind of illusion of technology. We don't really need an explanation of how it's working, but when you've got the computer doing it instead, it just sort of takes you out of it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but And that, it's a fairly minor one. It happens a few times where I, I sort of wish they had it just committed to the time period as well. But, yeah, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot of the enjoyment out of it for me. No, no. I agree. Um, I think it would be interesting to see it in the, in, set in the 1980s or the 1990s or something like that, a little yeah. bit pre-mobiles, a little bit pre-tech. You can still make those political statements, you know. You can still yeah. set it in that time period but make a, a political statement that's sort of current to, to the to the time you're making the film in, obviously. So Sure. I also feel like, although I did kind of, you know, I see why De Niro was the one to continue on, I sort of wish Jeff Fay had a shot him instead. Yeah. When, when Jeff Fay gets shot, I kind of, I just sort of felt like he was, I liked De Niro, but it felt like he was the smaller role. And I felt yeah. like instead of saying, you know, who's the one that can save you now, I felt like Jeff Faye kind of could have just said, oh, well, you've the, our career's fucked now, so just shot him. Yeah. Because I think I feel like it still would have worked. He'd, he'd expressed sort of the similar kind of hatred of immigrants and whatever, so it still would have worked to have him in the Mexican get-up at the end See, being mistaken for the Mexican, I should say. Um, yeah. So, yeah. See, I had a bit of a problem with, not a problem, but I understood it, but I just didn't, I just felt it was kind of like too going on too long. De Niro surviving being shot in the chest and then being found on the road and hunted down and, you know, into the electrified fence and all that. I understand that yeah. was poetic justice. It was, you know, his comeuppance for what he'd been spruiking. But it just felt unnecessary. Like, just leave it, it at him go being on shot. A long. I just felt leave it at him being shot by Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, you could have done that. Yeah, okay, you don't get the poetic justice, but but we're not like that poetic justice bit is probably was probably lost on a heap of people. But that would have worked for Don Johnson as well. Like he could have done that part that they did with De Niro to anybody. So he could have been shot by Lindsay Lohan, and you still could have had that little coda of him at the the, the fence there. Yeah. Um, But with with any of those characters, really. But it's sort of. Because De Niro was a minor minor player, maybe it wasn't worth having him out. Yeah, it sort of felt like, um, I don't know, because Seagal was kind of this overarching nemesis, 
it sort of felt like there was two beginnings to the movie and then kind of the ending went on a lot longer. There was sort of two revenge tales because he had to take it against Seagal and then against Jeff Fay and his crew as well. Well, it um, felt like so there was too like, many villains too, Jared. Well, yeah, it felt it, it probably played a part in it taking a little bit longer down the stretch. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they had the story there, but then they got the opportunity to use Seagal and kind of shoehorn that character in or something like that. Not that it didn't work. It definitely worked. For I actually felt it. that De Niro was more the shoehorn. Like, Yeah, De Niro was a little it, bit too. Like, I, it, it's, it's, it kind of felt like you get De Niro, he says, yeah, I'm interested, I can give you a couple of days. Yeah. We had to find something for him to do. But it just, yeah, it just seemed like you got the setup at the start. But then when, you know, we go to America and Jessica Alba's there taking photos of Machete, we then get another start to a revenge story that just happens to be tied into Seagal. Yeah. So I don't know. It, maybe it was a little bit, maybe it could have done with one of those characters being paired well, back a little I bit. I could have seen no De Niro and having Jeff Faye take that role. Or something of that nature. Yeah, I'm sure that it could have worked in some fashion, possibly without one of those characters. But there again, that's <laughs> like I I did enjoy all those parts with those guys. But as a as a story, it probably falls a little bit there. Yeah, because I just think Jeff Faye and De Niro were so closely aligned. But again, this is what makes me think you get Robert De Niro to be in your film. You, you want him to, you want to use him. Well, so you, you don't use knock him it back, do you? No, you don't knock it back. So in a way you're kind of like, okay, we need to find something for him to do. And, yes, I felt I felt it worked out fine in a sense of everybody got the, the payoff that we required and everything like that, and there was enough of an arc, so to speak, for each character. That's fine. Yeah, for sure. But if yeah. you're looking at it strictly from the point of view of screen time, you can kind of see that players only had a certain amount of time. Yeah. Because they're only in it for short periods. Yep, absolutely. Any other dislikes for you? No, that was it for me. All right. That is Machete. Yeah, you can and I'm, sure we can, I'm sure we can put the Machete Kills and uh, Planet Terror on the coming attractions I somewhere down the line. I would say so, yes. I also have not seen um, Machete, Machete Kills, so I'd like to find out how over the top that is. Yeah, and we're still waiting for uh, Machete Kills in space. Which Yeah, uh, I saw that mentioned on IMDb. I was like, oh, is there a third one oh, that says, hasn't the been? Trailers, yeah, the trailer is in um, is in the second one, and it's piss funny. But is it also um, a Robert think, Rodriguez film? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did he did that one as well. So, but the the, the talk is it's never really died. Like it's it's still kind of there, bubbling away. But we don't have anything confirmed for it yet. I I would suggest it's probably never going to be made. But if you see the trailer, yeah, I fucking wish we could have it. Well, I'll put it this way: the box office. I believe is is half for the sequel, so maybe that's yeah, why it things did decline have, a little bit. Yeah, so maybe that's why things or a are big sort of slow. I should on. say. Yeah. All right, that's that's Machete. Um, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrillme Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcast.au. Remember to rate and review if possible so we can, you know, get the word out. Our next episode, one of our listeners, uh, Luke, who's on Instagram, he threw this one out to at us. It's from 2019. It's called VFW. I have seen a little bit of info about this film and I'm very interested to see what it's like. So uh, yeah, Luke I has given us a heads up and said it's a, it's a good one. So... We will give it a yeah. run. I read a little bit in it was either Horror Hound or Fango. I can't remember. It might have even been both. But mm. they, uh, yeah, they had a they had some articles in there about them. So yeah, it was definitely on my radar. So happy yep. to happy to check that one out. Absolutely. But until then, take it easy, everybody. Uh, look after yourselves, and we'll catch up with you later. Cheers.
Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.